Hi, I'm Gracie Sarkeesian, the Executive Director at the NYU Wasserman Center, and this is All in a Day's Work, the podcast we've created for you. The NYU network is expansive, and our alumni have an array of unique experiences. All in a Day's Work will bring you episodes featuring members of the NYU community doing interesting work and navigating the professional world. We're excited to share their stories with you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello and welcome to All in a Day's Work. I'm Haley Garofalo and I'm here with episode guest Olivia Damba, an NYU alum and graduate from the NYU Steinhardt Food Studies Master's Program. Olivia has since went on to work at the Central Arkansas Library System as an AmeriCorps member and has a lot of other great experience. Olivia, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Great. So we're going to get started by talking a little bit about your experience even before you started in your master's program. I know that you spent a big chunk of your career in higher education administration before you came and started to get your master's in food studies. Can you talk about that experience and what inspired you to change paths? So I was initially drawn to higher ed admin after undergrad because I thought that I eventually wanted to go back to school and pursue a PhD, actually, in political theory. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to kind of get a better sense of kind of the less, I shouldn't say the less glamorous side of academia, but kind of the more practical side of it. And I definitely got that when I was working in higher ed admin, but I definitely learned a little bit more about like what it's like to have an office job, to really be working in a field where I think specifically for the roles that I had, a lot of the responsibilities were about kind of helping a large institution run. So that experience really helped me gain a good sense of how important kind of the more menial, maybe less intellectually stimulating, but still like very critical tasks are to, you know, something that I romanticized, but a lot of it really is kind of like scheduling meetings, (laughs) committees, things like that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, What was it that got you interested in food studies in particular? So I've always been kind of really interested in the cultural and social underpinnings around food and like social structures that form around social and political structures, I should say, that form around kind of like non-traditional paths. So like for an undergraduate, I was really interested in a lot of like how political and social movements and political environments specifically can be fostered and created around like artistic experiences and aesthetic experiences. So for me, I think for food studies, I was really interested in how conversations about food access to food are really integral to political movements and political organizing. I initially was really interested in kind of like the policy side of of food and nutrition access. But as I kind of was like going through my program, I was also really interested too in like how identity is formed around cuisine and how different cultures and nationalities use cuisine kind of as a device to create identity. Absolutely, yeah, thank you for sharing that. There's a lot to explore within that, for sure. 
Um, what was your experience like at NYU? What did you take away from the program? And how do you feel like your experience at NYU helped prepare you for what you did after? So I think that my experience at NYU was really informed a lot by kind of the faculty members and my fellow peers. I think that was kind of like the biggest takeaway for me was really getting to know people from like different backgrounds, different parts of the country, international students, and also being able to be taught by faculty who have different areas of expertise within kind of what is like a very diverse field. So a lot of the courses and the conversations that really stuck out to me the most were about kind of food access, food sovereignty, different social and political movements that had kind of arisen around labor associated with food systems and things of that nature. So my time at NYU really like helped me think more critically about engaging perspectives that I may not have taken into consideration. And I think a lot of that was really, really driven a lot by my experience at NYU. So shortly after you received your master's degree at NYU, the COVID pandemic began. Um, (laughs) How, if at all, did the pandemic change or impact your career path? So the pandemic really started kind of like right I'd say in the middle of my second to last semester, that really changed from taking more of a global approach to thinking about food to thinking about food as a component of mutual aid and community support was really critical in that moment for me and also really shaped kind of what I ended up doing in AmeriCorps and really thinking more about how working on a community level is super critical to social change and in the more immediate sense, like dealing with a crisis like the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, definitely. And I think at that time, the pandemic unearthed a lot of the issues or systemic problems that have been there the whole time, but were less visible potentially. So for those who might not be familiar with it, you mentioned you participated in AmeriCorps. Can you tell our listeners what AmeriCorps is and also what kind of work you were doing? So as like a service program, it's kind of, I think in some ways it's easier to think of it as like the domestic parallel to Peace Corps, which I know a lot of people are, I think, a little bit more familiar with. One of my really good friends actually served in the Peace Corps out of undergrad. So I had kind of a sense of service programs from that end. But AmeriCorps is actually divided into kind of four major programs. VISTA, which is what I did, which is more focused on alleviating community poverty and creating more capacity building opportunities for service. Then there's NCCC, which deals with kind of natural disasters and crises situations. There's a senior component, which obviously is for (laughs) senior, senior citizens who are looking for an opportunity to return to the workforce and serve, and state and national, which are kind of more direct project driven opportunities. So as a VISTA, I kind of thought that that was a great opportunity for me coming from, you know, being a little bit older than your average AmeriCorps service member and also having more 
traditional office skills that I could bring to a role. So I served as the Grants and Development Vista at the Central Arkansas Library System, as you mentioned earlier. And it was like I applied for a job, basically. And it just so happened to be a Vista opportunity. Can you tell us a little more about what that job looked like? What kind of work you were doing there? Or what kind of your day-to-day experience was like? So every Vista has something called a VAD, which is basically like your the projects that you're going to work on throughout your term of service. And for me, that really translated to kind of having like an overarching, almost like mission statement for my position. So I was working on a lot of like short-term grant applications, really taking ideas that a lot of the programmers or staff at the library might have had for a project they wanted to be funded and either finding a grant opportunity before we matched it to a project or having a project and then finding the grant opportunity and then taking it from kind of like a seed to helping the programmer flesh out the project idea or just doing research about education, entrepreneurship, things of that nature. And then, you know, writing the grant proposal, submitting that, and then helping with reporting and things like that on an as-needed basis. But that really gave me an opportunity to gain a better sense of, like, all the great things that the library system does and the diversity of services provided by a public library system. It must have been a significant transition coming from New York and then settling in Little Rock. What were the biggest challenges of adjusting to this new living environment? Um, So I think that (laughs) the most difficult thing for me, and I think this is also just like, I'm I'm originally from New England and went straight to New York for college and lived there for 10 years, but... The hardest transition for me was that I didn't have a car when I moved to Little Rock. I I never got a car when I moved to Little Rock. And um, living in, (laughs) I think I I would say in the South, but I think it's really kind of true of most American cities without a car is just very, very difficult. And obviously, like in some ways, I was helped by the fact that there's so many, there's all of this infrastructure that is like popped up as a result of the pandemic and kind of grown. So like grocery delivery and things like that and like being able to take advantage of how relatively affordable those kinds of services were. But it is particularly isolating to live in a city without a reliable means of transportation when it comes to trying to like build connections with the community or really gain a better sense of the community that you're really serving. But at the same time, I think because I was working at a library and you got so many different all walks of life come to the public library, I think that was kind of mitigated by the fact that I was working in an institution that still served all walks of life. And now a word from Sarah Rosenthal. Manager of Experiential Learning Programs at the Wasserman Center for Career Development. The Wasserman Center Internship Grant provides financial assistance to students pursuing internships in nonprofit organizations and other industries that don't typically pay their interns, such as arts and entertainment, 
fashion, media and journalism, government, and more. Students can apply during the fall, spring, and summer when they're interning, and there's a separate application for students who are studying away for the fall or spring semester. Although eligibility varies between the semesters and summer, to apply, students must be currently enrolled at the university and have at least a 3.0 cumulative GPA. Students can receive the grant up to two times per degree. All undergraduate and graduate degree students attending schools that have access to the Wasserman Center may apply, including students attending NYU on an F1 or J1 visa. It is only open to students enrolled at NYU in New York City, so NYU Abu Dhabi and NYU Shanghai students should reach out to their respective career centers to inquire about similar opportunities. Since it's a competitive application and no grants are guaranteed, Wasserman Center staff begin reviewing applications starting after the deadline. All students will receive a decision four to six weeks after the deadline. All of this information and more is available on our website, and if you have any additional questions, you may reach out to the grant committee at wassermaninternshipgrant at nyu.edu. Now back to the show. I'd love to hear more also about just your general experience working at the Central Arkansas Library System. I know you went into some details on your day-to-day, so I'd love if you can expand a little bit more on what your experience was like working there, kind of what you got out of that experience. So I definitely kind of had been exposed prior to a public library system as a patron. Like I was a regular patron of the New York Public Library when I was in college and then Brooklyn Public Library when I moved to Brooklyn. But um, moving to a place like Little Rock and being able to see the different types of services that specific library system provides was really eye-opening, especially from like a food security perspective because one of Cal's major programs is called Be Mighty Little Rock, and it's essentially like a snack and meal and nutrition education program uh, that they run in partnership with the city of Little Rock and other area organizations. But basically what they do is they distribute USDA meals, which is something that in New York City, the Department of Education and the Parks and Recreation Department distribute. So for me, like that was particularly interesting just from an outsider perspective coming in. Other programs they've offered and things that I worked on, like it ranged from I helped write a grant and initiate a program for vaccine clinics in the community. And... They have an entrepreneurship program that specifically helps BIPOC entrepreneurs in the community and gives them kind of an infrastructure and an education on kind of how to run a business and things of that nature. For me, it was really interesting, like I said, to kind of see how kind of ambitious a library system could be and what they could do with the resources already at their disposal and also kind of advocate for themselves to be leaders in their community. So in that way, I was really able to expand my understanding of like what a community support system can look like. You know, the Central Arkansas Library System is really based in Little Rock, Arkansas, but they serve Pulaski and Perry counties in that in Central Arkansas. So their service area ranges from like an urban environment to really rural, like a very, very rural branch. And seeing how 
a public service environment seeks to respond to the needs of such a diverse population was really interesting to me. Thanks for sharing all that. That's super helpful context. And just to hear about how that works and the impact, like you said, that the system could have on such a wide community as well is, seems really powerful. What is your advice for people who are considering joining an AmeriCorps program? So I think my primary, my first suggestion would be to really familiarize yourself with all of the different types of opportunities that AmeriCorps offers. So like while serving as a, a, a regular VISTA, my term of service was 12 months. They also offer summer associate positions. So like if you're an undergrad or in grad school and you kind of are looking for an opportunity to, you know, gain this type of service experience, but also maybe take advantage of, you know, um, there's an educational award component to a lot of the service um, opportunities. So that helps with, uh, helps in its own way with student loans, but really kind of, so, you know, like understanding the commitment time and really what you're able to do and what your capacity is to do. Also understanding that when you're serving as an AmeriCorps volunteer, you're signing up for a period of intentional poverty. The program itself does not shy away from kind of letting people know that you are making a stipend, you're not making minimum wage by any stretch of the imagination. And a lot of the kind of benefits and social services that you might need to take advantage of as someone who is impoverished are, you know, encouraged. So if you're serving, you're encouraged to sign up for SNAP benefits and food assistance. Those are kind of like more logistical necessities that you have to really consider. But at the same time, I think that it's a great opportunity to think about your passions and your skills and what you want to pursue as a career and really build upon those. If you can think of a nonprofit that exists in a specific type of field, there's a very good chance that there's an AmeriCorps volunteer opportunity in that field. As you mentioned, a lot of people do have concerns about financial viability when it comes to joining a program like AmeriCorps. Uh, can you speak to your experience or, um, you know, your advice that you might have for somebody who, you know, did have a concern about how to make it work financially? Right. So I think for me, I had come into the program with a set amount of savings that I was willing to spend, but I think that I mean, it it kind of goes both ways, because if you're worried about something like student debt, then, you know, AmeriCorps can be a really great opportunity because you get a year of you can defer your loans for a year. At the same time, like I said, you're living in poverty. So, you know, being comfortable with the idea of living with roommates or taking public transportation, you know, at the same time, I think that A lot of people who serve as AmeriCorps volunteers also work part-time. So I think that it, it, like, AmeriCorps is very upfront about the conditions that you will be living under. And I think as a result, a lot of people who serve get very creative with ways to find, like, an additional income stream or ways to save or, you know, how to leverage community resources to really support themselves during their term of service. So looking at your experience with AmeriCorps overall, what were the experience and lessons that you feel like stick with you the most? 
Hmm, That's a great question. I think that after coming out of a master's program and just I think any higher education in general where the focus is often on your ideas, what you can do in the community, I think that AmeriCorps really reframed that equation and helped me think a bit more about what I can do and how I can utilize my experience. I might have an idea of what a community needs, but, you know, people are really their own best advocates. And in a lot of situations, I think that people who are, you know, structurally silenced really just need to be listened to. And speaking of that, how do you see service work as it has played out for you throughout your overall trajectory of your experience? I know you mentioned early on you got involved in some service work and kind of that you know evolved and led you to the place that you applied to AmeriCorps and some of the work that you're doing today. What has that looked like for you? So, I mean, I hope that in a career sense and in terms of like my career trajectory, that'll ultimately lead me to like a role kind of functioning in a similar capacity where, you know, I think this role, my academic career, my personal life has really just like emphasized to me that, you know, I have a lot of privilege and in most oper- in most situations, it's best if I really just been, take the time to listen. So I have been looking for opportunities in nonprofits that do work that's kind of aligned with a lot of the values that I hold. Uh, well, thank you so much, Olivia, for joining us. This is really great. I really enjoyed getting the opportunity to learn more about you and your experience. And I think that our community will have a lot to learn. So this has been Haley Garafella with All in a Day's Work. And thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about the services that are offered at the Wasserman Center, you can log on to our career portal, Handshake, through your NYU homepage. Today's episode was hosted by Haley Garofalo with episode guest Olivia Damba. We're produced by Miriam Miller, Sarah Rosenthal, and Ben Barzilai, edited by Ben Barzilai, and created with support from Danielle Crystal, Emily Anderson, and Joseph Mercadante. That's all in a day's work. Thanks for listening.